monsters, madness, and magic. No setups, not the fun. Uh, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Monsters, Madness, and Magic, I am the Daniel, and this is the podcast where I fly solo, and I have with me Mr. Kyle Louder. He is the lead in the newest Amityville flick called Amityville Harvest that I have watched. I actually have the case right here that I can show everybody, except the green screen on Zoom will probably cloud it over, but you know what? That's fine. Kyle, how the heck are you? I'm doing well, brother. Thank you. How about yourself? It seriously is. No complaints, and nobody ever wants to hear it when I do. But no, I mean, seriously, <laughs> it, uh, it, it's all good. Everything's just trucking right along. Did you know we are five weeks away from Thanksgiving? And dude, it, this is, it happens every year, man. October 1st hits, and then it's like the rest of the year just, just like disappears in a cloud of dust. <laughs> is it you it's too? Bizarre. <laughs> I thought it was just me, just because I'm like, no, a man. I'm a Halloween nerd. So, you know, it's just all horror, all year, every day, all day, horror this, horror that, everything. But <laughs> it's living in the South, if you could probably tell by my dulcet tones, I live in South Carolina. <laughs> And so we have pleasant weather about two weeks out of the 52 that we have. And uh, so during, <laughs> during the summer, we just scurry away and hide in the air conditioner and sit around in tidy whities until, you know, finally we, we get a little break in the humidity. But, and that's when it's like all of a sudden everybody wants to do something. It's like everybody, everyone run around. Every, all of a sudden it's like, holy shit. And you know, everybody <laughs> wants to plan something within the two weeks. I know, right? <laughs> that we actually have pleasant weather. Everybody wants to get everything done. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's so true. Yeah, but regardless, it's been actually a pretty rock and roll October for me. Busy as heck, no doubt. And I guess with you too, you're running the promo circuit for the flick now. When uh, yeah, very much so. I really do, am not sure. I have no official rhyme or reason to how I do these things other than just to chat with you to get to know you. So I guess I'll start off with this one. Kyle Louder, I pull up your IMDb, the uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, ever trustful IMDb. And uh, first of all, we were born in the same year. You were a couple of months younger than I am, 1980s kid. But uh, Got it. you are a soap opera star here. Yeah, I spent the better part of my career doing that. I got my start on Days of Our Lives 20 years ago uh, in 2000. Uh, I was there for about six years, and then I went over to another soap called The Bold and the Beautiful on CBS. I was there for uh, roughly another six years. So the first, you know, 12 years or so of my career was spent in daytime drama and network television, and it was just, it was an incredible ride. Um, it's very, very much a part of, you know, who I am and, and even my career to this day, I've, I've gone back a few times to do some, some, uh, recurring story arcs on days of our lives. And, and I just, I love the genre. I love the people. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it's, the genre has given me a lot. And, uh, I think I'm, I think I have like almost like 2000 television episodes or something like that at this, at this, at, at this point in time. So yeah, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great uh, genre for me and, and, you know, professional family, if you will. So um, it's something that's always going to be a part of my life. You know, any, I have a loyalty to these shows and um, you know, if they ever want me to come back or, or do a little stint then you know, I'll be there for them. 
but um yeah over the past few years i've i've wanted to um i guess just for lack of a better phrase just spread my wings i guess and say, yeah. see what i see what else i could do in this in this business in terms of other genres um and the segue to that is or that is the segue to you know the horror genre is something it's i've been a fan of horror since i was a kid you growing up you know you said we were born in the same year so you know we were we were kind of kids going, you know, growing up with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. So, you know, I I grew up with those and and was a huge fan. I remember going to my local video store and begging my mom, you know, but you know that, that I can rent this R-rated horror movie and <laughs> how'd that work out? You know, and it, it she you know she was cool. She like, you know, it, sometimes I I don't know how old I was. Like earlier on, she was obviously like no, but I think. I think, you know, my early teenage years is when I could start to watch them. I mean, I wasn't 18 yet, but, um, and I just fell, I just fell in love with it. And, you know, it's, and I, I really, I think that, you know, it's something as as an actor, I was like, I want to, I want to know what it's like to do a horror film. I, I want to know what it's like to shoot it and to, and to create it and, and what it's like behind the scenes in terms of how the whole thing goes down. And, and, uh, so this was kind of a, not to be cheesy about it, but it was kind of like a dream come true to have this Amityville harvest come across my, come across my, uh, my desk for uh-huh. lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it's, uh, it was a blast. It really, really was. Um, it's so cool to not just be a part of a, the Amityville franchise, which right. is just legendary. Um, but at the same time to be able to, you know, to play the lead, villain basically in mm-hmm. in the film it's just been was just really badass i just had such an incredible time creating this character with yeah no i was just gonna say i i will i'm gonna zero in on that portrayal because i really dig that and that's kind of why it struck me whenever seeing the uh you being in a soap opera so all right, there's a. Yeah. I have I have a crap ton of questions about that. <laughs> so let fire, me get it before. Fire I, away, man. All right. First of all, a credit to. All right, everybody in the soap opera is drop dead beautiful. I'll look at your profile pic and it's like, yep, you'd be in a soap opera. You are just that unnaturally handsome face. But then, like <laughs> all the women are so drop dead gorgeous in those shows. So I imagine it just must have been a hoot. My question is. How long did you have to study the lines for that show? Like, you got an episode tomorrow, so do you only shoot yeah. one episode a day, or you shoot like thirty of them? No, no, no. I mean, it, it depends. Um, the I'm trying to make a long story short. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would most often than not, like, I, I would shoot maybe two episodes a day for me. Okay. Like my like two two episodes were the scenes. Right. Um, you know, in a day, which, you know, would maybe average out to, I don't know, like anywhere between anywhere between 15 to 20 pages of dialogue, maybe. But, okay. but it, you know, obviously it's, it's a question that I, that I've been asked a lot over the years. Cause you know, everybody getting into very, you know, people want to know they're like how right. there's all you do is, you know, it's not like primetime television or film where there's a lot more movement and action and, you know, maybe less lines like soap. It's just kind of like, it's almost like theater on television. You right, know what I mean? There's very, just, very Yeah. So I, my, my answer to that is I don't, it's, I've been doing it for so long uh-huh. that, you know, I started when I was 19 on that show and, and I just wow. really, it was kind of like baptism by fire. I think in a way, <laughs> like I didn't have, 
I think, and the reason why I say that is, is I didn't have any other perspective. It was like I, I signed, it was the first job I ever had. You know, I signed this, this multi, multi-year, you know, network television contract on this legendary show. And, and then it was like, I was just kind of thrown in and I just didn't have a choice. I, and, and I didn't have any other, I didn't have any other comparison. It was the first professional, like, um, anything TV film didn't matter. It was like my first professional job as an actor. So, you know, and now it's, I know that, you know, film, you only shoot maybe the entire production only shoots six pages a day. You know, I might only have one or two pages of dialogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in film, but so knowing that now, like if I started out as film and all of a sudden I go, to, to soap opera, I'd be like, what do you mean I have to memorize 20 pages? That's ridiculous. But because I, but, but, but because I started there, I didn't have any frame of reference. It was just like, okay, this is, this is just how it has to be. And I, and I just became, I don't know, the, the, the memorization of the lines and, and then that process of shooting those shows, which is a very speedy process. It's, it's a lot quicker than, uh, than primetime television or, or film for that matter. Um, so, because I had, I keep saying it, but that's the bottom line. I, I just, I had no other frame of reference. It's so I didn't, and I didn't have a choice. I needed right. to, you know, sink or swim. So I decided to just throw myself into it and swim. And, um, so looking back, I don't really know how I, me- I just memorize it. <laughs> I, I sit down and I, I don't have any kind of special, I wish I could, you know, give people like special tips and hints to memorizing dialogue. I think it's like anything else. You just practice it long. It's, you know, it's like a like a skill, like anything else. You just practice it long enough, and it just becomes ingrained in you. I'm just um, curious yeah. because you know you y'all walk out and do the dialogue, but you're doing a different show. You know, every day is a different episode, and that's what yeah. I'll be getting into later. It's just that's pretty demanding. Yeah. It's like you know the you land out. You know, it's the year 2000 or around the early 2000s, and then 2007. You got the bold, the beautiful, which is on here, and it's just like you know, you know, you might have a guest spot here on a sitcom or a guest spot here on another sitcom. You know, you you pay and you do as you work. Yeah. Just like for you, day three, bam, number one. What number one show? Get yeah. out there, read the pages. H- how many? Ten. Yeah. Go. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, man. I just didn't have time to really think about it. It was just, um, like I, like I said, it was like sink or swim. I, I just, I was like, I got to do well. And, uh, there was just no other option to that. So, and I think it, I think it was an incredible help because, you know, the skills from that I learned from, you know, from that genre, you know, I take into, you know, the other genres. Like right. when I do a feature film for that matter, you know, it's, yeah. I know that if I can remember 20, remember 20 pages of dialogue, I know I can remember two, yeah. you know, or three. And then, so it's, it's a, the, you know, the dialogue is never really an issue. I also, you know, you have to be very technical in, in uh, daytime drama and soap opera with yeah. like finding your light and hitting your mark and the preciseness of that. Right. And that's so the, the, like, te- like technically when I get on a, on a, on any set, I just feel whether it's the dialogue or finding the light and hitting my mark and all that. I just, I, I just, I've always felt very prepared because of my time there. Right. Um, it's certainly, you know, it, there was, there's no, there's no time to be, to, you know, to be lazy or, or, you know, to forget your lines or to miss your mark. Cause they just don't have, they have so many, I think, I think around average, they shoot a hundred pages a day in soap opera. Damn. Whereas, you know, like I said, feature film is, you know, maybe like maybe five, like 10 pages in feature film of shooting a day would be a lot, you know? So 
there's just no time to, like I said, to forget your lines or miss your marker or, or mess up. So I just really, I think it defined me as, and, and my work ethic very early on. <laughs> Dude. All right. I'm going to get you, but it's, but I don't even watch these things unless I was homesick and I had to, when I was a kid, yeah. I'm going to get you back on to talk about this. Cause there's a, I have a lot of questions about soap operas in general, like how clean the production is and stuff, but we'll get moving forward from that. Cause I will talk years off about that. So we've got the nice little, soap opera stuff and now all of a sudden the amityville harvest now to, yeah. borrow, to borrow a term from uh, rob galuzzo he, he kind of called it i had always called our generation the nintendo generation because we have that it's like a 10-year window of people born when we were between you know 75 to 85 that i mean i'm yep. biased but we had the best video games and movies ever just about regardless dude i still i still i miss the original nes System, oh man, Nintendo that's system in. I raised my son playing that. It just I figured to sound like a curmudgeon, but I told him, you know, if you can appreciate the old stuff, then you'll appreciate the new stuff as you get it. And then just now I like the I like the old I like the old stuff better than the new stuff. So, honestly, me like, too. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, man, we just bought a I've got a the Ninja Gaiden games on the NES, and I just I cranked through them. Oh hell yeah! Last summer, dude, I beat them. I've got video proof, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to hit next, just to break my dude. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden and Contra, and I'll take I'll take Tecmo Bowl over Madden any day. That is the I, best I mean, football game ever. Yes, sir. Yeah, I man. Knew I liked so, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, in the, I'm the same boat with those things. Yeah, just so, sorry, I I your train I, I interrupted your train of thought. No, yeah. no, I'm just, no. This is my train of thought. It's just, my life is a shambles that I just reach out and grab threads as they come to me, and it's usually '80s pop references. <laughs> but Love along it. that same generation, you mentioned the video store. We had that. I had the same thing, and of course, I could. A lot of that stuff was verboten, but I remember walking the aisles looking at all that box art and stuff. So I know there was that seed of interest. How does Amityville, like what was, all right, how did Amityville cross your desk? How did that come to be? How did you just like, bam, I'm going, and Amityville, okay, I'll be in it. How did that happen? I was very fortunate. Um, The director, Thomas Churchill, I I did a film with him uh, when, um, did I hit a button? You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry. My phone, I hit a button. There we go. Um, the director, Thomas Churchill, I did a film with him that came out late last year called Nation's Fire. So I'd worked with him before. And then after, during the shooting of that film and then afterwards, um, you know, we, we became personal friends as well. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the Amityville Harvest, directed it. And then the production company, uh, Hollywood Media Bridge, and the owner of that company, Phil Goldfine, who is a producer on Amityville Harvest, and then the executive producer, Ben Dang. These are all men that I've worked with before and then, you know, know outside of the business as well. And when the Amityville Harvest was, you know, was being cast and, and coming about, um, I, don't, I don't know what theirs, their discussions were, but ultimately I was contacted by them to say, hey, you know, this, we're, we're doing the Amityville Harvest. We, I'm paraphrasing, but basically we think yeah. you'd be really great you know, as, as this lead Vincent J. Miller. And I said, well, yeah, send me the script. And I read it. And I was like, I mean, God, this would be so fun to play that this character, but I'd never done, as we've been talking about, I'd never done even anything remotely close to this kind of a movie or this kind of a character. So, you know, I was, 
I said, do you want me to read for this? Or, or and they're like, no, no. Like we, we, we know your, your chops as an actor. We know you can pull this off. We're looking forward to what you can do with it. So they just, they offered me the role, which is, you know, it's rare in this business. So I was very grateful right. for that. Um, <laughs> no but, hesitation. Um, yeah. So that, that's how it came to be. But then, you know, immediately I went and, and called Thomas, Tom, uh, Churchill, the director and said, all right, man, you wrote this, this, this is your baby. You know, what, who is this guy? Who is Vincent Miller? What do you, what are your inspirations for this guy? Just so we can be on the same page, you know, cause I don't want to show up day one on, uh, on set and have something that you're like, what the hell is Kyle doing? And, you know, this is not, <laughs> and it, you know, I did. So we, we kind of, he told me, you know, his inspirations for the character and what he had in mind that said, by all means, you know, bring what you, whatever you want to bring to the table. And we kind of created this guy together. I mean, obviously he created the character in writing, but then, you know, I helped bring him to life with yeah. Tom's help. And I think we came up with a, a really cool character. You know, he's, if and anybody that sees the film will will probably see it if you're a fan of like throwback you know horror yes it it is kind of a it kind of harkens back to that throwback a little bit yeah um, it does i'm trying not, to not, i'm really trying to avoid spoilers too so just i yeah, i know i know purposely avoid me too them. so okay just me making too. sure that's i'm trying to think of and i have like the perfect comparison but if i say it it's going to spoil it, so I can't. So yeah, I'm just yeah, going to let you dangle out there and see how well you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm again, I'm dangling, I'm trying, but but I, I think it's you know it's obviously it's not dated, but I think it's a nice homage to to like classic you know horror. I love that. Um, you know, I it's, love it's, that. It's setup. not contemporary. Yeah, it's so so anyway. But the, but the point the point is around that is you know Vincent ultimately. Vincent had to be a classic, I guess, horror villain, if you will. Right. But at the same time, you know, I didn't want him to be a caricature or like a parody of himself, you know, like, like right. over the top and, and kind of like a cartoonish. I just didn't think that that would work, you know? Um, so I, I just felt that his, his calm, for lack of a better word, like creepy composure, <laughs> was was something that was was very necessary you know when there's a lot of craziness going on in the film if he just kind of stayed even keeled almost like a again like almost in a very ominous unsettling borderline creepy way uh -huh. you know I, I i that's kind of the line that i that i wanted to walk with that's this and and i think you know I, it is man and and i saw I saw a screener and I'm happy with it. I know. And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the performance. I'm happy with obviously how the whole film turned out, but, um, I'm impressed. You, know, you never know. You never know. Thank you. But you, you never know, you know, you're on set and, you know, shooting a horror movie is, is really, it's such a cool experience because, you know, you have a lot of laughs on the set and sometimes, you know, the way things look on, on in a finished product, they can be terrifying, but as you're shooting them, they're freaking hilarious. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it's, you never know how, you know, how it's going to turn out. And you know, all you could, all I did was just said, look, I got to stay committed to this character um, and, and, and have him be consistent and authentic and organic, you know, from beginning to end. Right. So that's, um, and I think I was able to pull that off personally. And I think that um, collectively as a cast and crew and everybody that, worked on it. I think that we put together a really, really, you know, terrifying, but, but cohesive, solid film. 
so at the same time. So what was the shooting schedule like? Like, how long did it take to shoot? Oh, man. Uh, it was brutal. It was so <laughs> – I've never done anything – I've never done anything like this. It was – it's a classic what we call in the business night shoot, meaning oh, my damn. call time – yeah, so like all of our call times, because it takes place at night. Right. You know, we can't <laughs> and, and so and, and the shooting days are, you know, close to twelve hours. So you, you can't you have so our call time like cast and crew is six PM mm. and then you try to be out you have to be out by six AM, you know, when the sun comes up. Yeah. So I quite literally was living the life of a vampire nice. when 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 I was shooting this, it was actually kind of funny. You know, yeah. if you know, as soon as we'd wrap it took, you know, it took like two hours to get in makeup and then almost as much time getting out of it because it was just so much of it. But as soon as we'd wrap shooting, I would, I would like just frantically try to get all the makeup off and everything, uh-huh. all the prosthetics, and then get in my car. And we shot it here in L.A. And I lived maybe, or I lived like half an hour from, you know, where we were shooting the location. Yeah. So I got in my car and like sped home safely of course but just as fast as i could to try to beat the sunrise because i knew if i knew if i got home and like the sun was up then like my i don't know like my circadian rhythm would kick in and i wouldn't be tired and i wouldn't want and i wouldn't want to go to bed so if i could get home when it was still dark outside that i could get some sleep so it was like just like a real vampire i was like (laughs) racing the sun every day but yeah the shooting schedule was it was um it was brutal and and you know we forget how many days it it was a couple of weeks, I think. Wow. It was fast. But um we uh yeah, we it it was a it was um what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say the word frenetic because that, that implies like it was it was uh not a good thing. It was just no, fa- it was fast paced. Yeah, I mean but but um you In know good you're way. you're ra- <laughs> you're racing, you have you know, you have a lot to do. Shooting a horror film is very complicated and very technical. And, you know, not everything goes right the first time and not, not even like the fourth or fifth time. And you're racing, uh, like I was just saying, you're racing the sun, you know, you, and you, you can't, and you can't afford to lose a day of shooting, you know, it's or, like, you got to get everything, you got to get all the shots in. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really, but all that being said, it was really fun. It was a great cast and crew to work with. Everybody was really on top of their game and really fun to be around and fun to work with. So that's always a good thing especially when you're tired and you're shooting like through the night, you know, from 6 PM to 6 AM at literally for like two weeks straight. Um, yeah. you know, it's, people can get a little edgy, but that didn't happen with us. It was, uh, everybody was really, you know, good spirited. And, you know, if somebody was tired and, and, uh, edgy, you couldn't tell. And I'm sure we all were, I mean, I got that way too, but I think it added to the performance maybe <laughs> it's a, at <laughs> yeah, some we'll, point. We'll roll Sometimes. with it. <laughs> those some of the exactly adjustments the uh the setup yeah. for the film it it didn't feel like an amityville thing and i know that's usually the cynical problem that everybody wants to bitch and moan about these things you know, man i don't care it just it didn't oh always it, did, it didn't feel like an amityville film it had a full almost a full moon setup now i like yeah. this setup there's a re- i love full moon flicks they're sunday morning comfort food i you know i love watching the the oh, yeah. uh, what i used to call for i it's a term of endearment but what i call shitty movie yep. sunday it's movies like shadow zone puppet master subspecies and stuff there's a certain feel that these films have witch house oh, and uh, prison of the dead are two of my favorite i just reviewed those not too long ago for my other podcast and this flick has that same setup 
and the reason I oh, want to, the reason I want to point this out on the podcast for people to hear is because they're going to understand it's it's that Agatha Christie it's the Agatha Christie setup. It's not a slasher, but you know you got your ten little Indians, and then bam, mm-hmm. something happens, and one by one they're picked off. And this cast this cast of characters are different, ranging from different personalities. <laughs> what's his name? Um, what? Uh, God, what's the all right? The actor's Rufus Dorsey. <laughs> oh yeah, I know people like he made me laugh so hard. I know people oh, yeah. like him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, completely. <laughs> completely. I know. I know people with that exact personality and everything. So he actually lightened it up a lot. But the whole yeah. setup, the ghost hunters, the house, the setting of that place was fantastic. It, was that an actual funeral home? Yeah, man, this, this, there's a, a note about that. It, it was truly fascinating. Um, there is, see if I can remember, I think it's called Heritage, Heritage Park or Heritage Museum or something. Basically what it is, it's like a outdoor museum preserve site where these old, like downtown Los Angeles used to be, it wasn't like skyscrapers and, and buildings you know, and like, like the, the business hub that it is today, mm-hmm. it used to be like residential and these, these old Victorian homes, uh, in downtown LA, you know, they were deemed like, you know, historic pieces, if you will. So when they started to convert downtown LA from like residential to like a business hub and build all the skyscrapers, you know, 99% of those homes were just destroyed, obviously, yeah. but they decided, you know, the long and the short of it is like a society decided to preserve these homes they couldn't keep them downtown. So they literally, man, like with like horses and like, they kept the homes intact. They like lifted them off the foundation, put them on like rolling logs and like rolled them, you know, out of downtown LA, a little bit East of LA, like towards on the way to Pasadena. It's maybe only like 10 minutes outside of downtown, the location, but they set up these homes almost in like, like a universal studios or Warner brothers back lot type situation. Like, like oh, it wow. looks like a movie, stu- looks like a movie studio back lot. These, these preserved, perfectly preserved old Victorian homes are kind of like lined up one by one with a road down the middle of it. It looks like a little neighborhood, but it's basically, it's an, an outdoor museum and, and not only the outside, you know, preserved, but you walk in and all the original furniture is still in these homes. And we just used these homes outside and in as a movie set oh, cool. and then got permission, got permission to do that. The sidebar though, which is freaking hilarious is that it's also, and I mean this with all due respect to it, but it's at nighttime from 6 PM to 6 AM. It's a little creepy in those houses. <laughs> And, and if you go on the website, um, and anybody that's been there will tell you these houses are haunted and I'm not, I'm not trying to be all like woo woo about this sort of thing. And people are like, shut up that that's not real. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> at like, at, at like people were like there, people were, uh, people's cell phones were disappearing and like, they couldn't find them. They'd, they'd go on the app, like find my phone. And it was like, it, it was gone. And then, you know, at 4 a.m., when everybody is, like, downstairs, quiet, we're shooting a scene, and we hear footsteps upstairs, and there's nobody upstairs. Like, <laughs> there's not a crew member, nobody. So it really, it just, it was a perfect place to shoot this film because the houses, like I said, they were, like, built 
completed. We could go in them, like live in them and shoot in them in the living room and the dining room and all this. Like we didn't have to build anything to do it. We just, I remember the first day I showed up and was just like, this is crazy, man. This is like a, it's like a Hollywood backlot movie set. Like they, you know, they spent a year building this thing just for the movie, but it exists. It's just an outdoor museum. So it works perfectly for the setting. Dude, that is, that's is cool. Now I didn't know anything about that. And when you say, you know, picking up the house and moving to hell, I've seen them do that around here, but <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that the, the architecture of it in some ways was familiar. It was a familiar setting and like a familiar layout. Yeah. But it just, I was just curious about it because you know, the, the promo I'm holding the case here, which I do have to say the, all right, remarkable. I, I do have to point this out to everybody. Cause it's my other show. That's does the box art, does the movie deliver what's shown on the box and i do have to tell everybody yes thankfully this movie absolutely does what you see on the car which is it's just a cool layout it's got this nice little uh glossy shimmering metallic look to it but front and back it the movie absolutely delivers what is shown on the box so there's kudos for that but uh it just i can't wait to see i haven't i haven't seen the i gotta see the box man i've i haven't i'm gonna get some copies but i haven't gotten them yet so oh, happy no to hear way. That. oh yeah it's yeah. it's really cool yeah they uh they sent me a screener to check this thing out and i never even thought about it like and that's kind of why i was curious when i was asking like whenever amityville harvest comes across your desk i mean you're an actor. That's awesome. You get to work. Bam. I mean, it's, you know, living the dream, but I was just curious if there's any slight hesitation or anything, just being, if you're, you know, sort of like horror nerds of us growing up, you're like, Oh, another interview. Huh? I was just kind of curious about that. And uh, the other part of that, dude, because I don't care as long as the movie's cool, but I was just, that's kind of why I'd asked you of that. If like there was any pause or like, you know, what is this, you know, kind of thing. So you know what, you, no, you, you know what it is for me? I guess I, I can answer this in, in, like in, in two parts. The first part is, you know, I've, I've been around the block. I've been in the business for 20 years. I mean, I, I mean, I have been, I mean, I, I can't, and I don't, you know, read this stuff anymore, like on Twitter or whatnot, but I mean, I have been, you know, verbally destroyed, you know, on like my performances in the past or the characters oh, that I've played or like yeah. done stuff. It's just, you know, it's just part of the business, you know, not yeah. everybody's going to love what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm impervious to, that's not, that's not the word. What I'm saying is I respect people's opinions, you know, but it doesn't like good or bad, <laughs> right don't. or wrong. It, it, well, okay. Well, I mean, good or bad, right or wrong. It doesn't phase me in the sense that, you know, I appreciate the compliments and the praise, but I also appreciate the criticism, you know, at the same right. time, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make everybody happy. Um, and yeah, of course there was a risk. There's always a risk with anything that you're doing in life or in this business in particular, where, you know, not everybody's going to love, I'm sure there's going you know, to people that, that don't love my performance that think the movie sucks and, and that's okay. That's just par for the course. So there's, you know, I knew that going in to say, look, this is not everybody's going to love this. Um, this is before we even shot it, just reading the script. But what the only thing that mattered was I loved the script and I thought it was pretty cool. And I, I, you know, knew the people that I was going to be working with in terms of the director or the producers. And I really wanted to work with them. So I knew, you know, I knew the, the, the caliber of work that they've done in the past. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm, I was passionate about the script, I was passionate about the character and I was passionate about the people I was going to be working with. And if I'm passionate about all those three things and I believe in those three things and then, then I'll do the project. Yeah. You know, if I'm not, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was just saying, yeah, if you're passionate about all those three things, then you just do it. It's, you have the luxury the thing. of reading this. See, like every all, all the plebs out here, me included, we see the box art, and that's our initial impression of any film. Yeah. What do they show us exactly. on the box art? So if you show us, some, I'm trying to think of some, like, all right, there was a game called Deadly Towers on the Nintendo. Coolest box art in the planet. Like, seriously, when you play the game, it was absolute doo-doo. And so that's, that's where we come from, whereas you had the luxury, you read the script so who cares if there's yeah. two camels farting on a microphone on the cover you read the script and you like the story and so you brought that to there and i just that, I, yeah i love the flick i just didn't realize so i'm guessing amy deville is not part of a solid franchise <laughs> anybody can make an amy deville flick yeah i mean i guess i didn't i didn't know how that worked um <laughs> me neither i I guess I still don't, but I mean, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's what you just said. I mean, it's, if I'm not like, if I, if I read a script and well, I mean, it could go one of many ways, but ultimately like sometimes I've read a script and I really love the script, but the character that they want me to play is just, I just, I don't register with the character or I'm like, I just, you know, then, then I, then I'll, you know, I'll have to pass just because I'm like, this is, this is not something that's, you know, the character, I know this is such a stupid actory thing to say, but like if the character is not registering with me, you know, if I'm not feeling the character, then I, that's one thing, but you know, sometimes the script could be amazing. The story could be amazing, yeah. you know? Um, or, you know, I've been offered projects in the past where, you know, I'm not really thrilled about, you know, the people that I'd be working with. And that's not, that's not a, uh, you know, like a, a judgment in a negative way, but I'm uh-huh. like, you know what? It's I just, just a business. You know, I, yeah. And so, but you know, going full circle, what I said originally is that love the script, love the character and love the people I was going to be creating the, the project with. So when all those things fell in line, I said, um, I got to be on board with this because it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be very satisfying and gratifying experience. Right. Well, as this thing, as we uh, go out, because I'll do a nice little write up on the flick. Cause like I said, I dug the hell out of it. So this is, this was a no, pleasant I, surprise. Cause in my initial cynicism, it. when I saw it was like, Oh boy, here we go. But as I watched it, I really enjoyed it. So if you, I, 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 no, I, really, I have to touch upon that. I know. I really appreciate you saying that because you know, I, I, it's my first foray into, into horror. And, and I knew that, I was going to be speaking with people like you and people that like are in that business for a living and, and review it and study it and everything. And I just, it really, I just, I want, you know, I appreciate, you know, that those kind words because, you know, it could, it could always go the other way and I'm, and I'm yeah. sure it will, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that love it. There's a lot of people that, that think it sucks and that's fine. So I just, I, I just want you to know, I don't take it for granted when you say that. Yeah, your, uh, you your stoicism, it. your stoicism in that character really works for the character and when people watch the film after they listen to our wonderful conversation they're going to understand why i'm saying that so if you had a choice let's say somebody's listening to this podcast and they're just tired of hearing me and they wanted to ask you if you could play like what kind of role in a film what kind of film would you want to do i had a buddy of mine zavi on here not too long ago and you know he was like i said i'd peg you as a buddy cop and come to find out that's like exactly what kind of flick he would want to do so if you've got your choice Dude, what movie do you want to like what you want to do i've i've said this for years and i can say it because i'll never i'll never play it because i'm not british but i'm i'm a james bond guy never like, say have, never 
I, I have been a James Bond fan, not just of the movies, but the books. I mean, I'm, I'm like a true blue. I even drink Vesper martinis at home. It's really sad. But it's <laughs> uh, like, so, but my point is, yeah, I mean, I, I'll never play it because it always has to be played by a British actor. Um, but that is my, that would be, you know, a dream role. I just love, I love that character of James Bond that Ian Fleming created all those years ago. You know, the spy who just wears incredible suits and drinks, you know, like a fish and beats the shit out of people and travels to exotic, travels to exotic places and, 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 and it hangs out with beautiful women. And, you know, it's yeah. like, Jesus, I was like, Jesus, man, to, to, to see those films, is, <laughs> it's like, that's gotta be like, I, I remember every time like a new James Bond flick comes out and they, they announce like, you know, who's, you know, when, you know, when that was announced like years ago that Tom Ford was going to be designing the suits and these are the locations that they were going to be shooting. In, and I was like, God damn, Daniel Craig is like the luckiest son of a bitch, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I, anyway, James Bond hands down, but any, you know, any kind of, um, anything, any kind of role or, or a film that would kind of mirror that kind of a film and that kind of a character, I'd be just all in for without a doubt. I have a friend of mine. She'll want to know this. So my last question, what's your go-to movie snack? Let's pretend you don't have to work out. Let's pretend you don't have to do the keto or the P90 or anything. Pilates. (laughs) No film roles, no nothing. What's your go-to movie snack? What is your Uh, movie theater popcorn? Hands down. Like I, but you can't, it's like impossible to duplicate it at home. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, so I try, um, you know, I, I try to, I, I make, I make a truffle salt popcorn. I have like truffle salt and then I'm, and I get like a really like, um, kind of light, light popcorn. And I just like sprinkle the truffles all over it. But yeah, I mean, I guess where I'm coming from is, is like popcorn hands down is uh is my thing and that's so cliche because it's like a movie yeah. snack it's like the original it's like the og movie snack but um yeah i'm all, like my daughter and i have movie nights all the time and we always break out the popcorn no that's it i mean there's a reason it's called the best because it's the best because <laughs> it's, it's the best like i don't i don't do potato chips during i love potato chips i don't do it during a movie i do popcorn <laughs> man Dude, is I know you're pressed for time. We got to wrap this thing up. Did anytime you get anything going on, whatever, you just check with your agent. Uh, what's his name? I think his name's Danny or something like that. Danny, yeah, Danny. Danny. I mean, you just you forward it to me. You're always welcome on here. I do want to pick your brain about soap operas and stuff like that anyway, because uh, I do audio drama, so the setup is very similar. So I'm just really curious oh, right on. about that whole world. But regardless, man, thank you for being on here. And, uh, and, and it's just funny. His name's Danny because I'm Dan. And regardless, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Monsters <laughs> Madness and Magic Podcast. We're gonna wrap this one up because I'm with Kyle Louder. Amityville Harvest is a new movie. It's like just out or just now coming out. Like probably by the time this tomorrow. Tomorrow. So yeah. by the time you hear this, it will probably have been two weeks that it has been out. And I mean, I watched yeah. this thing. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Kyle Lauder plays a really cool villain. It's a very, it's a nice, is when I say throwback, not like the throwback term, but it's a nice callback. Yeah. Previous roles no, and I, characters I, I, that we will remember and that we enjoy. I couldn't agree more. That's what I said. I said a throwback in the best way possible earlier on. So I would agree with that. 
All right, man. Well, look, thank you so much, man. And uh, again, there's an open invitation. Anytime you want on here, want to <laughs> chat about movies, games, Nintendos, VHS, anything oh, hell like yeah. that. You are more Dude, than we'll welcome. We'll do, Dan. I, I appreciate the time. This has been great. And yeah, man, we'll do another one. We'll talk soap operas and Nintendo. That sounds like a good one. Oh, hell yeah. I'm in, dude. Have a good evening, and I will go ahead and hang up. All right, man, you take it easy, okay? Right. Take it easy, brother. So All right, long. bye, man. Bye.